Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And today we are so lucky to be joined by our wonderful returning guest, Hector Navarro. Four times, baby. Woo! This is my fourth time back, Oh my God, baby. you're practically a co-host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. I think this is my fourth time back. I think the last time was my third time. So happy to be back. That sounds right. So happy to see you both. How's your year been? Everyone's year's been shitty. I missed you guys. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice to have you back and to stare at the wall of of oh, thank you so much. You. Thank you. Yeah, um, I am back on the show. Uh, so excited to be talking about my single favorite Hellboy comic of all time. And uh, and I am also uh, hosting a Nickelodeon podcast right now about SpongeBob SquarePants called SpongeBob Binge Pants. What else am I doing? I have a YouTube channel called Heroes Reforged, where me and my buddies watch TV shows and stuff and do other things. Oh, yeah. And then like the directors of those shows will will. <laughs> We'll like re we'll like repost our links. Like it's so fun to watch idiots online. Look at our stuff. Like Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard just did it for an episode of Boba Fett, which is really great. Yo, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's and, so cool. Uh, I think that's mainly what I'm doing right now. And then just um, buying toys, as you can see, Kate, just buying action figures. It is so impressive. I really got to get a shelf like this. I'm so jealous of your shelf. <laughs> you need to see it in person. I I am lucky enough that I have it's gone incredible. there in person. Yeah. And How I've watched you, it grow because I've seen it in a, a couple mm-hmm. of times. How do you dust these guys? I'm sorry. This is a boring no, question. it's an interesting That's question. I, <laughs> that is a, actually a great question because I'm like, that seems like a pain in the ass. My little guys get dusty. <laughs> <laughs> they get You're so talking dusty. about your toys still, right? Because my little guys. All the little all guys. The little guys. <laughs> all the little guys, you know. You just held up a Garfield dressed as the devil. That was so cute. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me guess the year that that's from. 1991? Let me check. 1981. Whoa. Whoa. Garfield's old, man. It's got a little copyright yeah. right, yeah. right in the mold. Yeah. yeah. The way that it's I... I don't, I'll, I'll be honest. I need a feather duster like in here and I'm in the yeah. garage and this is where the big, the big shelf is and I need one in here, but I also like to tackle it one little shelf at a time. So That's not smart. only like dusting, but then I'll maybe reorganize stuff or like, like I just got this Perfect. Spider-Man guy right here. Who's next to the iron giant. Hell I have yeah. to open him up I see. Yeah. and I'm going to replace my other Spider-Man guy. So to do that, I'll probably move enough guys <laughs> that are, you know, dusty that I can kind of dust that corner and then set up and and replace so it's you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time that's all yeah so you're not getting overwhelmed tell kate and everybody your system because why is this spider-man being replaced (laughs) mark dave you know about my system already right i yeah but i need everybody to be no so i'm not the only one that's awake at night thinking about it oh my god it's the it's a it's a uh it's a three-point system it's a flawless system (laughs) So I like to collect action <laughs> figures. And right now, I think the I think the main things that I'm getting <laughs> are both from Hasbro and it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters, like from the movies and TV shows. And then at, the, at that same scale, they also do Star Wars. So Hasbro does those. And what I like to do is for Marvel, especially Star Wars is a little bit different, but Marvel, it's like right. if I have a Iron Man character toy, 
I only want the one Iron Man because there's only been one Tony Stark and then he died and that's it. I don't, I'm not the person who gets Iron Man from the first Iron Man movie toy, Iron Man 2 toy, Avengers, Iron Man 3 toy, when he upgraded his armor in Avengers Age of Ultron, when he upgraded his armor in Captain America Civil War, you know, all those different armors. I just like to get the most current, up-to-date, most recent version of a character. If a character died, I'll get the toy of that character as close as I can before that character died. I have a Yondu. He died in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but I have that action figure. Mark, Dave, you have a question? I, like, is your current Iron Man just dead? Like, is yeah. it an action figure with him with the, the Infinity Stones in his in his armor? And he's <laughs> it's just a, a, it's just a little stone. gravestone. It's just I, that I floating reef at the end of just Endgame. A yeah, it's the end, yeah, it's the proof Tony that Tony Stark has a heart reef from Endgame. No, it's the it's the it is the 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 armor and the design of him as he looked in <laughs> Avengers Endgame. So the last time he's in a so I'll I'll say this too. It's like the last time they're in their superhero persona if they have a superhero persona. If where do the previous iterations I go? Give them away. I my dang. My, I was hoping oh. you melted them down no. to make your own figures. <laughs> my buddy. I'm astonished yeah, by that. Truly, not like, a hoarder. It's hard for me to give. N- not oh, not a hoarder. Good. My 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 buddy and roommate Keller. He's got a nephew, and I have shipped stuff to him. He lives in Texas. I've shipped like older versions of Spider Man and Iron Man and War Machine or whatever to him. I'm so I've impressed. sold them. Truly, on, like, truly, I sell them on eBay sometimes. Like it depends on what it nice. is. But Very like, cool. if they if Hasbro comes out with an action figure version of Captain America Steve Rogers but when he's old I'm gonna buy it but I'll probably still hold on to his last superhero version which was Captain America in Avengers Endgame where he's holding Mjolnir like where he's got that really good great suit so I have that toy so I'm open to I don't really have too many like double versions of characters but there's a there's yeah there's a couple of there's a couple of little things here and there that I'm like "Ah, okay I'll get I'll get like for example I have regular vision and then they came out with white vision and I have from WandaVision and I have the white yeah. vision, but I didn't get rid of the old one because right. the regular vision kind of became a new character. It's a different character. Who Wanda yeah, totally. created. Like she created him out of her, you know, mind stone or whatever it was. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I count that as two different visions. So that's uh, that's me. That's I'm a psychopath. Um, that's how I. <laughs> I actually think that's a great system. Like, yeah. yeah, that seems healthier than, you know, like me. I'm keeping it's so hard to. You got Garfield from 1981. I know. I, are you telling me I should get rid of? I should only have the most recent Garfield. Iteration? Yes, if you got to go find a Garfield toy Damn. from 2019, yeah. and then you have to sell the 1981. I'm sure they're version. making them. I'm sure they're making them. <laughs> Popular as all get out. Now with yeah. Star Wars, I'm a little different because I like to look at Star Wars with as like the three sort of eras, right? They have the prequel era, the original movie era, and then the sequel era. Meaning, I think I have a red regular Han Solo and then I have like an old Han Solo. So just because a more recent yeah. version version is old Han Solo, I'm still like, yeah, but come on, you got to get like a re- you got to get a regular, yeah, from you a know, regular Han Solo. But uh, yeah, that's I, I look at it a little bit differently with the um, with Star Wars, but I don't get a bunch of I don't get the figures from like the prequel movies, but only in that era they did a bunch of they've done a bunch of stuff and they're still doing it for like the cartoon shows that I like, like Clone Wars, Bad Batch. I got a bunch of those guys. So, nice. um, you know, that's that's fun, too. But I'm probably oh, nice. I probably have a more pretty much complete set of 
like MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe guys. And every and here and there, too, I'll get like I got a bunch of the X-Men movie guys. I don't know if you can see they're all the way up there. Oh, wow. Oh, so yeah. I have like like from the movie Logan, they did one where it's like old Patrick Stewart and old Hugh Jackman. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to awesome. get Logan. That movie's sad. So <laughs> I had to get that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's this last iteration of Spider-Man? Um, this one is now ideally mark day this isn't the one i would i i hope but this is the most recent iteration that they made this is when now kate have you seen spider-man no way home yeah i have okay this is when at the maybe like the the beginning of the of the third act of that movie maybe somewhere in act two where like spider-man has his a suit on but then he accidentally gave some of his nanotech suit to Otto Octavius and then Otto Octavius when he's cured he like gives it back to him and then it like rolls over his existing suit and it's a little piece and then it kind of forms a new spider symbol and it's sort of like Peter is his own man like it's this little symbolic gesture so they made that I hope they they announce a figure Mark Dave knows what I'm talking about at the end of that movie next to that sewing machine that he had to make the red and blue costume, I think is the best, best one. But, but in the meantime, I'm like, I have that Spider-Man. So I like that in that moment, that new suit, it feels like the fabric he chose. I know it's like bright because it's a just a change of choice from the designer but it yeah. feels like he got it out of a bargain bin yeah <laughs> at a fabric store like he was yeah. all he could afford it's <laughs> like this is stretchy and available <laughs> yeah. i like that <laughs> yeah yeah so hopefully they'll they'll announce that and the other day i posted a list online where i was like here's my top 10 characters i hope that they make action figures of and i listed a bunch of characters nice. i had agatha harkness from wandavision she hasn't had an action figure yet well, that's crazy put, to me yeah the and i'm sure so she'll popular I'm sure she'll get one, especially because she's going to get her own Spinner, show. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if I'm like, maybe they were going to do it. And then somebody decided, well, we can wait. She's going to get her own show. Yeah. Like um, I put I put Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe and Jamie Foxx from the new Spider-Man movie. Like I want like figures of those characters because yeah. because some people I've been seeing on Instagram, they've been going back into the archives. You guys, they, they went and got a toy from 2004. <laughs> Alfred yeah. Molina that looks really janky. And then they put it next <laughs> nah. to a new Spider-Man toy and they're like, this is the same. And I'm like, no, it's not. We've come no, so the far. The technology has improved. <laughs> yeah, we have come very far. Let's get yeah. some, let's get some new versions of those. And uh, and a bunch of people were replying. They're like, what about this character? What about this character? What about Yelena from Black Widow? And what about Sylvie from Loki? And I'm like, they already made those action figures and I already got them. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> Trust oh, me. Oh, you mean these? Yeah. <laughs> Just like reveal them from a jacket. Yeah, I am. I, I am <laughs> as much on top of it as I can be. And um, and yeah, the thing that helps me with space I mean, I want to say with money, but not really, because I don't mind, like I said, giving away the action figures or selling them on eBay for a little bit. But the thing that helps me with space is I go, no, if there's a new version, you got to get rid of the old one, you know? Yeah, I love it. I I love love it it. because, you know, the MCU, why I love it so much is that each one is sort of they're affected by the movies that come before. They're not just the repetition. Yeah. Repetitive. And yeah. in a sense, they do allow and you allow yourself to be affected. By it I was I was pretty bummed <laughs> because years ago, Mattel started making uh, the DC movies action figures. And I started to get some of the Mattel yeah. ones, even though I didn't like some of those movies. I didn't love some of those movies, but I was like, let me get some toys from Wonder Woman, from Aquaman. Like, let me get some of them. And then look, what Mattel was doing compared to uh, Hasbro was not great. And then the 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 license for DC 
characters flipped over to McFarlane toys and they came out with a brand new line and the scale was different and everything was different. And I was just like, I got to sell all my Aquamans. I can't, it's, 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 it doesn't line up anymore. I don't, I like the uniformity of like an action figure line, you know, I like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It feels like you have this whole universe on your one individual shelf. Like everybody's their right height. Mm-hmm. To, you know, and that's the bigger like, ones like yeah. Hulk or Iron Monger, they're like sticking up. Like that's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. That is cool. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's thanks awesome. for having me. Thanks, 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 thanks for having me on today <laughs> to talk about my action figures. Yeah, this wait, has wait, been wait, a wait, blast. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the thing. Let's see if uh, how your listeners will think of this. <laughs> Do you have any Hellboy uh, figures in that room? You're saying I don't. In? Let me tell you. <laughs> the closest I have is if I go into this closet up over here and I reach into my thing of hero clicks from 20 years ago i got the i got the hellboy set i have the hellboy Take set it. and hellboy and rasputin from the indie hero click set which is from like 2003 2004 so that's as close as i got some hellboy figures i've seen are pretty great but i i it's tough like i've seen a couple and even when they mimic the the simplistic deceptively simplistic style of Mike Mignola, there's something missing in the translation. Like, because you yeah. get, you get like a blocky toy, but then it's like, but my lighting isn't as good as how Mike lights them. Yeah. So it, so it right. doesn't quite. You need quite... a desk lamp shooting right onto yes, that guy. Yes. Yes. Make, make <laughs> it make there, sense. And like, and so, but then I think they've also made like statues and dioramas and different things. Like you need the whole thing, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all a complete package. And, um, and I, I, I'm trying to remember, I feel like, who was it that made, was it McFarlane who made some of the movie figures and those were kind of cool? I feel I like- I honestly I, can't remember. I feel like I had a semi-L from the first Hellboy movie, the Guillermo movie, because it had like this weird like finger thing that like that long skinny thing that he had. Like, I feel like I had that toy yeah. once. Yeah, so, and then there's of course, there's of course like super, super high-end expensive, you know, $200 Hellboy figures with like the cloth coat and everything and yeah. like th- those big figures i love them but i also look at those and go if i start that i'm not gonna be able to stop yeah and i don't have the space let alone the cash i don't have the space where am i gonna put that yeah but yeah you have to think about it or else you're just gonna be like yeah boxes around like, yeah around yeah. your feet i've i've kind of only yeah. allowed myself like one really nice big premium figure it was a gift from my wonderful girlfriend and it was this the iron giant uh figure oh, that's, yeah. that, that's again like, it makes sense yeah scale wise scale wise like, it makes sense it yeah. makes he sense. has he has a teeny tiny little hogarth on his shoulder but like Aww. this is a figure that was like maybe like a hundred bucks or more, very expensive, but you press on him and he can, he speaks and it's Vin Diesel's voice and he lights up and he has all these different things from Mondo. And I'm like, this is the one that I'll get of these that is super high end because it's my favorite film of all time. And I'm not about to start. Like I can't buy any of the Marvel or star Wars hot toys. It's insane. They are in, they're gorgeous, but I'm like, I I can't. And I also kind of, I don't know. I think in my in my brain, part of my philosophy is we're just going to keep talking about toys the whole time. I love it. I love it. I know. It. I'm not stopping you. I love that you have <laughs> the, yeah. Part of my philosophy is also like, I don't have kids. If I ever have kids or a kid that the toys that I got that are 20 bucks a pop, the Hasbro ones, even though they look super great and they're very poseable, like a kid could play with them. And I wouldn't, and if a yeah. kid broke one, I wouldn't be like, <gasps> Oh no, it's my $300 yeah. hot toys from Japan. Like I are, you know, or from China, like <laughs> I got to order a new one. I would just be like, yeah. Oh, 
Okay, I'll track that down. Should be pretty easy to get. It's a $20 Hasbro yeah. action figure. You know, maybe <laughs> it'll be more on eBay or whatever, but I, I, I do think to myself that if this if this whole set was dumped into a bucket and played with by a kid or kids, that they would mostly survive. The kids would appreciate it. And I always think I'd rather have more characters than just one really cool character. You know, you got to spread that money around. You got to get all of the Avengers, not just your fave. OK, it's a team. It's it a team effort. Team. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just love that you have a philosophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Mark Dave knows. You have I, to, I, though. Most, about most of the to. things I like, I have a philosophy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we love you. <laughs> I, I, my only toy that I ever recently, I avoid them for the most part because I don't have t- money or the room. Mm-hmm. But one that I was tempted that I wish I had the money was Hasbro put out like in the Marvel, like um, I think it's like Marvel Legends yep. series. They put out a, a, a like to scale Galactus oh. last year, or it's up for sale That's now. Fun. And that, because like the other normal figures are their normal size, then it is to scale to show. And I was like, that would be fucking cool to have. Because <laughs> cool. I'm not a huge fan of Galactus. Okay, somebody <laughs> knows what they're getting for their birthday. <laughs> yeah, drop $400 <laughs> for me. Cool, I'll take it. It's yeah. 400 bucks? I think so. Oh, I th- boy. I, I think it, it might be expensive. And also, I hate to burst your bubble, Mark Dave, but I don't think it's technically scale to Galactus. Like, if it were really Galactus well, size, it, it would be like your height. Like, you could dress up <laughs> like Galactus and hold an action figure, and then that's the correct ratio size to Galactus. That would Galactus be pretty fucking cool. That would be cool. Oh, well, actually, that Galactus. That would be a funny costume. It, I think he's only 28 feet tall, Galactus. So he's like a couple stories tall. He's not like a he's not 100 feet tall, I don't think. I don't think he's like a celestial, right? Correct. No, no, no. Yeah, those are those guys are way too big. <laughs> they could never make a toy of that guy. That's way too big. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what, Mark Dave, if you find the if you find like a like a, a a version of that toy somewhere that somebody's selling, reselling it, if you find the space where you live, dude, just get it, man. Just get it. One day. One day I'll have all the Galactus toys I want. Make that day tomorrow, dude. Go search for it. (laughs) Make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't have the money. I don't know if you understand this, Mark Dave, but someday you're going to be an old man and you're going to, I mean, like, can you picture being an old man? I don't know if you can, but someday you're going to be an old man and you're going to look back and go, I wish I got that Galactus to play with or just to look at. Or, or I get all the, I get it and then I die and. I, I die after I getting it, and that's useless. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna bury me with my Galactus? <laughs> yeah, we could it's do that like if you want. We could do that, and it's Absolutely. getting like burned. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure Beth would approve. She'd be like, "Get rid of this. <laughs> yeah, bury with him. Get it I don't want to ever sight. see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can make like a real kick-ass diorama with the Galactus on it, and then in your final wishes, be like, "I want my ashes to be spread around this, like the dirt in this diorama." And then you have to, so your loved ones have to keep Galactus forever. Now you're wow, thinking. wow. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to the point where I could just have my consciousness. Uploaded into a giant Galactus toy. <laughs> and I live on forever, but in the body of a Galactus toy. <laughs> That's the worst body to pick, man. All right. Oh, what? You want me to go with Buzz yeah, Lightyear? No, thanks. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. That's the first toy that came to yeah. mind. That's the runner-up. Hey, question, 
It's one or the other. You both, do you guys have any Hellboy uh, action figures or like collectibles? I know that, I think you guys got the board game, right? You guys got that really awesome board game. Oh, yeah. Yes, which we need to bring you on to play because we have the extension of it. It is really fun. Which is we Hellboy ex- in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have Hellboy that. in Mexico extension that we have. I learned board. that. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's fucking, it has like the little toy and stuff. The only thing in Reach right now, I have these little cards. Little deck oh. of just normal cards. Oh, that's badass. Hellboy characters for the, like, It almost, and, oh, those are very cool. It, they almost look yeah. like t- a tarot deck because it's such a cool design. Yeah. 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 The designs are awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, like, different, like, each suit has, like, like, Hellboy's, like, king of hearts, but then, like, the king of clubs is uh rasputin like cool. there's like different each suit has their own little guys so that's fun very cool uh but yeah we have a i have a shitload they're just not all within arm's reach for sure yeah. also that thing but, you showed me earlier i think that was garfield not hellboy even though he was dressed like the devil this doesn't count does not count sorry no sorry kate nope it doesn't oh, count <laughs> can you see this guy yeah it says red hot lover on the front mm-hmm. we we've talked about this so much that we're gonna have to post a picture <laughs> yeah, i know right that's garfield his best attempt at being hellboy this yeah. thing made me laugh so much, dude. I was like, this is so funny. I buy the dumbest shit. I buy stuff that makes me laugh. Like when I look at it, Jess will look, my, my fiance will look at it and be like, why is this? Bro-? Like, I that's what I need to do. That's why I admire you, you having a philosophy at all, Hector, because like I need to articulate a philosophy to explain it to people. Well, you started. My you just started. Process. You said yeah, I buy shit you. that makes me laugh. So that's that's point yeah. number one. Yeah, there you go. That's my mm-hmm. thesis statement. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we have I have the bobble, a bobble Hellboy. I have we had like a, a listener send us some two bobbles that you could get at GameStop. We cool. each have one of those. Cool. Yeah. Um, They're nice. Yeah. Kate Gate got me a Super Seven Hellboy that I have, which is great. And then oh. What does oh, yeah. that look? Is it the one that's like a little like in action figure, reaction yeah, figure? Like one old, of those? The old, yeah. The original Star Wars. I like those, figures. man. I like them. I, yeah, I've yet to order. Cool. So cool. I mean, you got to keep them in the packaging because that's part of the whole thing. Yeah. I don't want to take those out. Oh, I have. Look at how cool that is. Do you guys have any of the other three? That's awesome. Yeah. They're they're just a little pricier than yeah. you normally. So we just. I think we got them after release, so they were like... Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I, I have yet to order something from Super 7, but I'm, like, obsessed with them and what they do. Like, they... They're so cool. They ha- they, they they put, they're cool making, stuff, like, man. like made-to-order Simpsons action figures and SpongeBob oh, SquarePants wow. action figures, and they're, like, super good. And I'm like, Oof. dang it. That's crazy. But I miss the... Yeah. Yeah. They're dangerous yeah. for me to, to follow, like, on Instagram and stuff like that. I'm like, this is... I mean, talk about trying to save money i'm like because then you i look at each post and right. i'm like oh what's what's 17 dollars yeah and then i'm saying that like <laughs> yeah, 20 exactly. times so I'm, you gotta get I'm all four you gotta I'm get like, all four wait, wait. <laughs> yeah it's a dangerous game oh it's a, man it is a dangerous game now it's I'm a, and that's why i also decided like i don't do lego i don't do funko pops because oh. and i'm and i'm glad i never i i saw yeah. them like a kid on a playground sees a drug dealer trying to get kids hooked and i saw him and i was like stranger danger no i can't even go over there i can't even get in because i knew that if i was going to get one it would be like well now i have to get every funko of everything i like the square footage in your house would start to go down from just being lined 
Yeah. Like fucking asbestos yeah. on your wall, I just know. stacking them up. And th- that's the other thing too, is that it like, takes so much space with I, the boxes and everything. I know. I know collectors, especially for Funko who keep the boxes, but even for normal yeah. action figures, I know people who like keep the boxes and I'm like, that's so much just square yeah. footage. That's so much space, room man. that yeah. if I, it, when you take them all out of the box, you can fit way more on a shelf, baby. You can just put them yeah. all shoulder to shoulder. Line them up like they're ready to fight. They're all ready to fight. They're all, they're ready, all ready to, to fight. fight and win. If, if, if we live by Toy Story rules, this place is a party every night, okay? Because they all come alive and they're just hanging out and they're throwing footballs and they're just like raging like with the a ulti- kegger. It's like Marvel versus DC every yeah. single night. It's I awesome. think they oh, like yeah. each other more than I, the I, fans like each other. For sure, for sure. But um, I have questions about that with Toy Story rules. Like, if these toys come alive, but they're based on an actor's likeness, like, do they sound like that actor? Do they? They, or, they immediately you know, they have, have all the existential have... crises that those <laughs> actors have. <laughs> yeah. Do they? Yeah. Do they have the? Do they have the memories of not just the character Captain America, but also this little toys like I'm Chris Evans. I was in you know not another teen movie like. <laughs> right. Because <right. laughs> it's technically a toy. It's a facsimile of Chris Evans as Captain America. So anyway, You're I don't know. Blowing. My mind. Kate, so Kate, don't you're freaking out. Cool. Before we get into Hellboy in Mexico, uh, I'm just taking a hard line away from toys. Um, we like I like to check in with you, Hector, because we sort of like kicked off like you'd read Hellboy before, but bringing you on the podcast, you started. That's when you really got back into Hellboy and started reading it chronologically, story wise, I believe. Yes. And I'm curious where you are or if you've got, if you're got me shaking his head. So you're behind. Or you're, <laughs> you're not going to like it. That's going to make you mad. Uh, oh, it's not going to make me mad. Whatever. You're going to be so <laughs> mad. You're gonna, yeah. Dude, watch your eye, Mark. Dave. I'm worried about it. I, I think the last time I came on, which was which was 2020, end of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. So over a year ago, a little over a year ago, I had said the same thing that I'll say tonight, which is like, yeah, you guys, you guys are getting me back into it. Like I want to get back <laughs> into it. But the thing is, is a year ago I was reading it and then it just kind of got away from me and then I would get distracted and with totally. all these other things and I'm constantly trying to read and juggle a bunch of stuff. But I have good news since then, since you guys last spoke to me, I have developed a new philosophy on reading Kate a new philosophy now where wow, I, man of philosophy. I, am, <laughs> I am really on top of reading stuff that I set up and that I put in my to be read pile nice. uh, you know the Hellboys these gorgeous omnibuses omnibuy that I got years ago yeah. that, I've, that I'm, I'm always talking about I read the first two volumes the short story stuff and read some of volume one but they're they were, they've always been on my to read list but now you guys are going to be proud of me. I have a little book cart in the house and on that book. Like one that's like in a prison. Yes. I was thinking like a library. <laughs> yes. No. Straight and up. I mean, no. I went to prison. It's a prison. It's yeah. a, it, except, except instead of like, uh, uh, like books that, uh, you know, you'll read whatever you can get in a prison. I have the coolest books on there. I've got the top row is like novels and stuff. I and the bottom that. row is comics. So I'm going to, you know, starting this up again. And I know we're only talking about Hellboy in Mexico, but because that's not the very first thing that happens to Hellboy, I reread the little bit of story that, you know, him as a kid and then, and yeah. then getting up to that first, um, 
to that first case or that first major story. So I'm going to keep going with this one. I also rewatched the first movie today. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really getting back into the Hellboy of it. And not only that, but I looked up, I've also, since you guys talked to me last in the past year, I have gotten really into creating movie lists on Letterboxd. Oh yeah. I'm like obsessed with that. So hundreds are in my list right now. I mean, this is, you're talking about your new book philosophy. It's making, it's making me think it's just like, I don't know. I I just throw, I'll throw everything on there. It's yes. And that's how I also used to operate and kind of have a lot of different spinning plates at once. But since I got this little book cart and since I've come up with this plan of, I like to read a comic book and a, like a novel at the same time, even to the point where if I'm getting a little bored of one, yeah. I'll alternate between chapters. Like I'll, I'll literally be like Ooh. one story of Hellboy or one comic and then one chapter of the book and then back and forth and back and forth. And and it just helps me kind of burn through stuff quicker and, and keeps me more motivated. And then with Letterboxd and movies, I've, I've, I've heard somebody tell me so somebody told me once or I read somewhere that like men tend to do this more, which I think is very, very interesting, which is to create lists of stuff. Stuff and to rank stuff and yeah. to, you know, that men tend to do it more, even especially in the world of, I guess, being a movie viewer that like, I just think is really interesting. And it's true for me in my case, because it helps me organize my thought process, even for I'm like, I'm watching all the Muppet movies right now with Keller for our yeah. movie movie podcast. There's no need to rank the Muppet movies against <laughs> one another. They're all delightful. But I'm yeah. over here like, well, you know, I think Muppet Take Manhattan is a little bit better for me than Great Muppet Caper. But I think that Muppet Christmas Carol is better than both of those. And I think because it just helps me organize my 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 thoughts and it helps me kind of get through, you know, uh, basically movies that I've always wanted to see and yeah. to go through those lists and to check them off. I just love, there's nothing I love more than checking you something off. You gotta see where one fits into the list. Yeah. You gotta be like, what if this one's better I, than these? And yeah. I love to check things off. I also have, I have a lot of tabs open in my computer, but every tab I have open is like an ongoing project of some kind. <laughs> and, and I have talked about this before, but I feel like me and my girlfriend, we almost hit like a breakthrough recently because she was talking about something that we need to do around the house and I was getting like anxiety and I was getting stressed out and, and, and I told her that I'm like, I'm sorry. Like this is, this is just even talking about this is stressing me out. And she was like, why? And we were talking about it and I was figuring it out. And I was like, I think it's because it's like opening a tab in my brain that I can't close. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I told her, I was like, I operate better where if you tell me, Hey, this coming Saturday, it's going to be, you know, yard day. And we're going to do this project in the yard. I'm all of a sudden I'm fine. I'm like, okay, I've got the whole week. Like I'll, I'll be ready Saturday morning. This is perfect. I know exactly what I'm doing then. And I don't get overwhelmed or anxious or any of that kind of thing. So I, every, everything in my life right now is like an open tab and nothing makes me feel better than completing it and closing the tab. This is a yeah. gorgeous open tab right now, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> Yeah. And when I and I'll eventually, you know, slowly make my way through it. I wanted to rewatch the Golden Army. I want to rewatch these animated movies. I want to read all the rest of the BPRD stuff, all of that stuff. But I have a couple of different comics tabs open. I'm reading. I've always I'm always reading Conan comics. We've talked about Conan before. And mm-hmm. what else am I reading right now? I'm reading um, Star Wars comics. I'm reading like the High Republic stuff and and yeah. and old Star Trek comics. But it's all manageable because I'm like I read one and then I grab the next one and I put it at the end of the reading list and just keep going. Just keep 
Keep going. That's great. Find the motivation. We can do it. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? One bite at a time, baby. Does it, if people, well if people listen to my episodes back to back, am I going to sound like I've lost it? Am I going to sound like I've. Just I've like deteriorating life. Over, over the going, pandemic. Like this guy started out fine. You're going to sound like a Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> like the pandemic, like you're gonna like, sound like the ner- the nerdy Tony Robbins. <laughs> I think that you need to do that though. When you, especially when like living in a house with somebody over quarantine, I think you need to start to organize your thoughts and like give yourself a little bit of structure because mm-hmm. otherwise, you could just float around. It's a free for all. Yeah, it's, it's a free for all. It's, it's scary. Hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, yeah, I, I think it's nice to have so, a little bit of like m- like a mental like bracket where things are fitting mm-hmm. in. It, yeah, it just to function in order to function at all, in order so that you're not shutting down and getting stressed out with just facing the day, you know, I yeah. think that that makes sense. And it's super yeah. helpful. Yeah, I've been trying to. Yeah, I've, I've also just been trying to stay at home this early part of this year because of the Omicron variant yeah. in L.A. And so, like, you know, uh, uh, my girlfriend, Abby, she's like, I'm getting kind of stir crazy. Like, I, I want to leave the house. I want to leave the house. And I'm like, yeah. for sure, I I get that but i am just distracting myself so much i mean yeah. look at this wall of crap behind me <laughs> i'm like i'll just read these like uh, like i'm in a like i'm living in a bunker at the end of twilight zone it like, looks I'll just... like a comic shop in your house dude. <laughs> yes yes incredible that's what i'm going for so anyway hellboy in mexico is great thank you guys yeah. for having me on <laughs> it's been so much no, fun no, we're, what? we still have we still have haven't touched it to haven't touched continue. it at all let's say and we're not going to touch it until i ask this okay. question <laughs> so i think it's i have this question already ready to go in my head but great you've just watched the most recent hellboy you've definitely seen golden army before mm-hmm. so recently in our, i think we talked about in our last episode ron perlman continues to stir the pot that yeah. guillermo del toro is going to make a third hellboy yeah. and he says even at his age of 71 which means like I get it. Like John Wick, uh, and even um, Mission Impossible, e- Ethan Hunt. They're both actors that are Keanu and Tom Cruise are both like in their fifties doing action sure. movies. But I do think today with supplements and you know no stress in your life with money and <laughs> smart and, Dave supplements. I just think there's it's a lot called, of things that can a, a, these older, a stunt actor. These, what do you mean? <laughs> Why are you forcing old ass Ron Perlman to do these stunts? It's called somebody else in the no. suit, brother. Yeah, I know. He's going I'm to saying, take gas station energy pills until he can roll around. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, you're gonna. But be, I'm, I'm just saying he's old. Even I think you'll even have a little bit of like I, I don't know if I, either of you saw Nightmare Alley. He's wearing his age a bit mm-hmm. now. It's not. It's not like a thing where but that it's was like, Del Toro, oh. right? Like Del Toro knows his his limitations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. So, because like it might be like an Irishman thing, where like I love the Irishman, but there's definitely a scene in there where a younger version of Robert De Niro is like beating up a man, but he doesn't physically yeah. move entirely. <laughs> Don't Irishman Hellboy, please. <laughs> that part was but so saying, funny to me in the Irishman, dude. I would never say that I, I mean, I appreciate that you love the Irishman. I don't think I could ever say I love the Irishman, <laughs> except in I, this oh, example. I can say it. I own it. I, listen, it doesn't matter. To, 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 but, but I'm just saying. Before letting you finish the, the kind of question, Mark, Dave, I think that like, <laughs> I think that like, it's so funny how you just, you're, you're throwing him into the physicality of it because I, even with the first two Guillermo Hellboy movies, I never thought of Ron Perlman's Hellboy. As somebody who was very action oriented, I honestly yeah. thought it like really great makeup. The makeup gives him such a distinctive head and face, really great chest makeup that are like not his muscles yeah. and that it's that it's about his sort of 
voice and performance versus like because like there's times where Hellboy himself is just even fully CG in 2004 or whatever, yeah. you know, like for so, sure. so I, for I sure. think that I don't. Uh, think about the action component of those old Guillermo Hellboys as like the thing that would be really that would throw me off. I would I'm I feel like I'm thinking more about this announcement as like sure put these guys back in the suits you know have Selma Blair come back have all these guys come back and do the best they can and it's not going to be the best end all be all Hellboy movie but it'll be sort of like a vanity project for the director or like yeah. you know what i mean like like for the fans for sure. kind of a thing but anyway continue what was your well all i was saying is that like even his even though i don't consider him like a huge there are movements that i think he does though in the those movies sure. his agileness that a 71 year old <laughs> probably can't I think match as long as so you do have to get a stunt punch. guy Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's but, it. I think all you gotta do. I mean, is I guess this. that's it. All you gotta do is, <laughs> but, but like, I mean, okay. So I want to hear Hector. What is your pitch beyond just the vanity mm-hmm. uh, project for Guillermo? Mm-hmm. What is your pitch that that third Hellboy could be? We've we've talked about Old Man Hellboy. But yeah. What, what would you pitch? I, you know, I honestly would have to defer to both of you and your expertise because I think that <laughs> truly because I think you know enough of of other Hellboy comics. That that you would probably know what is the overarching through line through like the major uh, story beats in the Mignola saga. I also don't think that like and it kind of sucks that the most recent live action Hellboy did Hellboy in Mexico because it's like, man, if there was one thing that Guillermo would probably find a way to cram in there and make good, it would have been, hey, let's go to Mexico. So I I, I don't think that they should do it or could do it or, you know, because the most recent one just did it. But in terms of what I think the movie could be, I honestly feel like I think I used to think about the movies. Mark, Dave, you're going to like this. I used to think about the Guillermo movies as being more accurate to Hellboy than I think I understood. And then as I read more of the comics and familiarized myself more with the world, I was like, you know what? They're not, but I still find them charming and I like them. It's yeah, like, I it's think like, they totally yeah. work. Like it's its own thing as its own yeah, thing. It's, 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 absolutely it's, its own thing for it sure. may be. And maybe because I feel like I'm as a fan of like comic books and superheroes, maybe I feel that I had just have an abundance overabundance of great stuff that I'm not, I don't feel the same about like the X-Men movies that I used to or some things in the X-Men movies would really bum me out because I'd be like, man, there goes their one shot to do this and they whiffed it. But now I'm like, oh, all of the X-Men movies made by 20th Century Fox over the past 20 years, like, cool, whatever. They're fine. Like they they ultimately are not the end all be all of that thing because i also know they're going to make more x-men movies even with some of the earlier spider-man movies you know i was i was i i really liked emma stone as gwen stacy but i was bummed that they did the death of gwen stacy in a movie that unanimously wasn't beloved like people didn't like that movie Mm -hmm. so i was like oh they whiffed it dang it but now after Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm like, it's all good, baby. I love right. Toby. I'm happy to see him. I'm happy to see Andrew. Like, I used yeah. to be mad that I used to be mad that Spider-Man 3 was that was one of the only three Spider-Man movies because I'm like, dang it, man. What a what a bummer. 
And for for me, that version of Venom, like when that movie came yeah. out, I was like, they fucked up Venom right. so bad. I but was now like, I we haven't. Now we have another way that they fucked up Venom so bad. Yeah. But it's fun. <laughs> who, who cares? Because another you know, one will exist, yeah. <laughs> and it's and, totally okay. Yeah. And I think that it, 100%. in the past year, especially, I feel like I have like those Guillermo movies have lost a little bit of their sheen for me. And you know how much I love those. But I still enjoy them and I like them and they're nostalgic and it's all good. But if they do a third Hellboy in this age where fandoms are rallying around, you know, release the Snyder cut, release the air cut, you know, give the director full creative control. Do this, do that. We're demanding it. We're entitled. We demand it. We demand it. We demand it. (laughs) I say let Guillermo make the movie. Who owns the rights to Hellboy? Is it still Universal? Is it still... Who did the last one? That's a good question. I didn't even tell you. I don't even know who put it. The last one was like uh, Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Millennium. I think Millennium might. Okay. Uh, Millennium Media or whatever yeah. might own the Whatever rights. the deal is. And I know that like for the case of Sony and Spider-Man, they have to make a Spider-Man centric movie every X number of years or whatever to hold on to the rights. I'm saying whoever owns the rights to Hellboy right now, let Guillermo del Toro come in and make a $50 million Hellboy 3 movie and just hype the hell out of it. It's the, yeah. it's the last one. Hell, maybe even do the death of Hellboy, like Logan, like, you know, some of these some of these movies that can have right. a finite ending. Yeah. And then afterwards, give it five years and go back to the drawing board. And I think I'm in agreement with Mark Dave on this. Do a Hellboy anthology animated show that is for like HBO Max or something yeah. that just like the critics will adore, heap praise on. It will be super, super successful critically and just continue to help, you know, Hellboy like stay in the in the public consciousness and sell comics and all that other stuff. But just like Guillermo make a, a Guillermo del Toro movie. Who cares? I would love it. It would be nice. Yeah. It would be yeah. nice. Especially just so, you know, like, so, I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, it, it would just be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Ron Perlman for his sake because yeah. he's... He's going to that's going to be like the last sentence out of his mouth on his deathbed is like mm-hmm. should have made a third Hellboy. Like, mm-hmm. I think, <laughs> you know, and as and as far as far as like I know that a lot of actors knowingly or unknowingly end up connected to like one role. Right. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy was Spock pretty much until he died on yeah. and off. But he that's who he was. And Hugh Jackman will always be thought of as Wolverine. And Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. And Heath Ledger was the Joker and all these roles. And out of everything in Ron Perlman's career, I absolutely think that the highlight or like the maybe the best character he played was probably Hellboy. Yeah. He's he's you know, he's been biker gangsters and and kaiju gangsters and all these kinds of roles. <laughs> and I think that Hellboy is the is like it, it, it's probably something he's really proud of and is like probably career highlight and for all of those reasons you know Hugh Jackman got to say goodbye Robert yeah. Downey Jr. got to say goodbye like let the guy give him some closure exactly give him and the director and all the rest of that uh, that cast whoever they can come back I'm even okay with like if they want to bring back that guy who played Myers in the first movie the human guy I don't know why he didn't come back in the second other than just let's trim the fat we don't need him bring yeah. him back kill him off make a mention of him you know it's <laughs> Like, do have have that kind of fun with it. Like, really yeah. wrap up the story. Right. And I know in Hellboy Golden Army, they also hinted that like him and Liz were gonna have kids. She was pregnant. Yes, twins. Pregnant th- with twins. Do that shit. Let do me the kids. Let me, that's let me what see we were some saying. kids. I'm last one. Yeah, yeah, that's our you know? pitches. Just let that that's why Shrek yeah. Forever After is great. Kate, have you seen it yet? Have you seen Shrek Four yet? 
Is that the fourth one? That's the We're fourth. ending this call. The third one, <laughs> the third so one bummed me out so I much that so I never watched the fourth one. Thing I know. The last time we talked, you said the exact thing, and I All said right. that's, that's what happened to I'm pulling up everybody. my letterbox, and I'm putting <laughs> uh, it on the list. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. Make a night of it, you know? Have some wine. Get some, get some snacks. I'm certainly going to need wine. Wine and Shrek. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> or better yet, better yet, if you guys want, if you're up for it, you're always welcome to come over and watch Shrek 4 in 3D at my place. So you could do that. Yes. In 3D? Come on, Kate. You know this about me. Come on. Mark, Dave, you haven't told her about Avatar? Come on, man. That's how I saw Avatar <laughs> was with for the first time. Never saw it in a movie theater. Saw it in uh, uh, Hector's apartment. That's ideal, though. That's like... A personal, if you have a, yes. so you have a 3D TV that's like curved? No, it's not curved. It's flat, but it's okay. good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, see? It was good. And Mark Dave hates Hector's everything. Hector's the only person I'll watch 3D with. I have no desire, <laughs> but he'll convince me that it's good. And then I'll watch it and I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. right. And, but I'll never come back to it unless Did it come there. with like a set number of glasses? Like, can you, you can buy replaces, replacements for these things, right? I, I have never bought a pair of glasses. You know why? The 3D TV that I own specifically has a 3D technology that is called passive 3D, which means that when I go to the movie theater to see a 3D movie and they give you the little plastic glasses, I can bring yeah. those home and it works. So I have like that's fif- incredible. I have like 50 pairs of 3D glasses. Okay, good. I was like, <laughs> uh, there's, I was like, I would be sitting All on these breaking the them. Yep. <laughs> All stolen from the movie theater. Absolutely. They're nice. I just don't want you to be spending like 15 bucks on a pair of 3D glasses or something. Like you know that. my philosophy? Come on. That's you right. know me. That's right. I thought it through. I didn't, I didn't accidentally fall into a Ponzi scheme. You think scheme. this just oh. happens? Yeah. <laughs> This is premeditated. This is premeditated, Kate. I thought this through. (laughs) I agree with the animated idea. And also um, me and Kate have always thought they they, instead of going with Hellboy, they should. If if somebody does try to do a reboot Mm. into this like world, it would be cool for them to do a TV show of BPRD and then do a backdoor entrance. for. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Now, would you, but would you do it sort of out of order? You know, because that's all the rage too. the past couple of years, you know, Pe- people be watching Westworld like, oh, I, f- I figured it out. I figured it out. People yeah. are watching The Witcher and they're like, oh, this takes place before this takes place before this. Would you do it sort of the way that Hellboy comics have jumped around in the timeline? Or would you be like, here's the BPRD show season one, 1952? I don't know if I want to go that far back. I'd probably want it to be modern times. Got it. And then maybe backdoor Hellboy either. So I don't know. Maybe we'll jump back. I don't think I'd want it to be so much. This is me, like as if I'm trying to get a you're job show for running. The of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. show you're running. just like, how, but like, what's our time? I wouldn't like want it? it to be as so much of a puzzle or like mm-hmm. a ooh. I think I would just want to start modern. I don't want to spoil anything of that's coming down that I know for Kate down the line. But I definitely would probably start modern times, move forward a lot without Hellboy, and then have his entrance, and then if. If that if the show was successful or whatever, then you'd go back and follow Hellboy up to that point, maybe. So or have so a little. You, Mark Dave, you reminded me of a question I wanted to ask you two tonight. I want to check in with your progress. You guys know my progress. I'm an open book, but like you just said, <laughs> you know more stuff. What are we hiding? What, what are and, you? And hiding? I know some stuff not because I've read, but because I've. Or maybe I've read some of it, but doing research. I have not read all the BPRDs. Got it. Yeah, I've done a little bit of research. I read all of Hellboy, the Hellboy run. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. his book. Yeah. Even though there's Hellboy and the BPRD, I haven't read all mm-hmm. that. I haven't read all the BPRD. Mm-hmm. So. But like, 
So me and Kate are pretty much on common ground for the most okay. part. Going how yeah. much, how, how far are you in your, in your endeavor? Because Hellboy in Mexico didn't come out, didn't that come out in 2010? Yeah. So you guys are, so that's where we're you guys at. are still like 10 years plus behind in it uh, with sort of current comics and like, yeah. And, and, and are you doing all the BPRD stuff or has it just been the Hellboy series? Oh, we're, we're dedicating all of, we're oh. doing BPRD, Witchfinder, yeah. Abe Sabian, all the spinoffs. Lobster Johnson, all that stuff. Lobster oh, yeah. Johnson. So, it, so you, you have like 10, you have 10 <laughs> years of comics left to go. What have we done? And you've so far read like 18 years worth of comics. Like, like, yeah. so you're, you're, you're two thirds of the way or like half or like, what's it looking like? That's a good question. I don't know because it's so much denser. Like these more recent years are so much denser because you have the BPRD and all these like offshoots. So it's like not just whatever Mignola is producing. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole world. All, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And they just announced more, you know what I mean? It's like a thing that I thought had an like a closer end when we started. <laughs> yeah. But the populator, the popularity, I you think, fool. Re- yeah. fired back up. And so now it's like mm-hmm. there's new storylines that have like, I'm still getting new books right now. It's awesome. Under, in the world of Hellboy yeah. or the associated with Hellboy himself before events that were, were leading up to. And yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm for the majority, I'm just saving my opinions whether I like, dislike, or whatever, mm. until we get to them. This is fascinating. I would love some kind of a. I'm sure it exists online somewhere, but I would love like a a complete Hellboy and BPRD universe reading list, but but for like collections, not just the single issues, but like I'll send you one. Yeah. I know somebody. There's a guy named like Ryan Tweedell, if I'm getting the first name. Yeah, right. who put all that? I know together. his name's Tweedell. He he. I think he creates those mm-hmm. for like um, multi. There's a website, diversity or something. Even like. in Hellboy in Mexico, it's like there were the single issue. There was a single issue, but then it was collected in this paperback, but then also in this one, and then finally yeah. this omnibus. So like you know, to make sure that I don't miss any of the Hellboys dropping through the cracks here, <laughs> I, I I need the sort of complete. <laughs> listing of it's hard yeah but how rewarding has it been i mean do you guys still like hellboy it's awesome i love it it's i I, truly (laughs) like i tell dave like we we took a break and i was like i miss talking to you about this shit like it's just fun if you let me say this it just from my i was gonna say limited but actually kind of extensive comic book reading um Experience. You don't have a shelf like that and get to say you have a limited <laughs> right. experience with, with my pretty extensive like life of reading comics. I can't picture a better thing to do a podcast on because if you had guys had picked like Batman, you would have gotten so sick of Batman. Most oh, Batman yeah. comics suck. If you'd pick Spider-Man, most Spider-Man comics, like like all of these these major kind of franchises or characters or publishers, like most of the stuff isn't good. But damn it, if Hellboy comics aren't so consistently good. Yeah, it's They're it so really is. Good. It's like we've had maybe like a handful in on all the whatever six seasons that we've done. Wow, there's maybe been like two that were like this wasn't great, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, like that's the you yeah, know like, it's hey, never it's not never even like this, this sucks and I'm yeah. angry I read it like yeah. you know and it's always like and I'm happy it's still in this collection like that it's plugged yeah. in here and I'm exactly. fine with it. I'm not trying to take it out of my collect. Yeah, like I've got a, I've got comics superhero comics especially where I, I'll have a, like a, a paperback collection or a hardcover or something and I'm like I have this because I love this story. But if yeah. I could, I'd go in there and cut out this other yeah. like this other part's bad. But <laughs> right. Hellboy does not make you feel like that at all. Hellboy's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because even like the one-offs that we maybe like. Yeah, I think I can maybe count them on my hand. Yep. What we were like 
put off by. Yeah. They're usually just like it's a snippet of a moment. And you're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible it was yeah, just for a, something to age so well, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Coming coming from most comics in the 90s sucked <laughs> if you read them today. Yeah. And this stuff is so timeless and so just rich and gorgeous. Like I was reading this in, in the house earlier and I put it down and I turned to my girlfriend and I was like, Hellboy comics are like the best comics ever. They're so good. They (laughs) rule so hard. All right, I'm going to go do this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. And now we're finally getting to the actual (sighs) issue. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're we're discussing Hellboy in Mexico or a a drunken blur, Mm. (laughs) Uh, which is very funny. Give some uh, info on this one. Sure thing. Yeah. Written by Mike Mignola. This one's illustrated by Richard Corbin, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And this was published back in May of 2010. Yeah. And let's talk about these covers. So good. I included the three covers to discuss. We have the original Richard Corbin and then also the Mike Mignola um, uh, variant. And then we have Mike Mignola's like, I guess, the collection version. Mm-hmm. When it when Hellboy in Mexico was put into like a collected uh, paperback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my, I mean, if we're going to rank them because actors here we gotta rank them (laughs) thank you let's start let's start with the lower what do we think is the lower what's your least favorite of the three and we'll 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 go we'll lead up to our favorite oh my god that's i mean i'm just gonna go with the collected version it's a great cover i love this aztec statue that's behind hellboy and this it's very much a 2015 hellboy he's a little more elongated you know, yeah mignola's getting a little looser with his lines and he's just sort of like that very much his style now of that minimalist um, feel that is like everybody love. And he's got like the luchador uh, clothes underneath his jacket in that one too. So it's like, yeah. you kind of have to, you kind of look at this one for a little while and s- new things kind of come out. Yeah. And you see Esteban's like sort of the, the heart, the cross heart that's on his chest, yeah. which is in the story is just on a, like a card on the ground, almost like a lobster Johnson card, but it seems to be hit Esteban's, yeah. uh, little symbol and then of course alcohol because clearly hellboy something that's not discussed is hellboy is clearly an alcoholic <laughs> yeah yep like, he, goes through, never... he goes through phases for sure <laughs> yeah which which an alcoholic does like, it's hard if you're if like superhuman though you know if your like liver lasts for like 200 years like I don't know. I might push it further if I <laughs> enough. I, <laughs> right. I barely drink anymore, but I'm just like, oh, if I, you know, if you had like a, a demon's liver that can ingest so much alcohol, I don't know. Give a month of month long bender a try and just see how see how you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm, I just miss how. I don't know if that's the best. Advice, this is Kate, terrible advice. Go for okay, it. Okay, so you know after Kate, after Kate's turning like, thirty, only if you're a vampire. Only if you're a vampire. Only if you're this. a vampire, then you can do it. If not, don't you try. Uh, like you know, like after thirty, hangovers become so hard, mm-hmm. and then it's like, uh, like more, the further I get into my thirties, I'm like. It's just fucking hard to drink. It's hard to drink <laughs> as much. Unless you're unless that's all you do. Unless that's like you're the best at it. And yeah. You, you get the shakes if you're not, you know, it's like it's a tough thing to not uh, to, uh, it's a tough thing to drink anymore. I So I I, I get a little jealous almost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I do love how this story the first time I read it I don't think it really like struck me but like Hellboy is 
on this earth for like 10 years. Like he's a 10 year old and 11 year old when he's in 1956, um, you know, uh, monster killing with these luchadors. Like, like that's the other thing too, is that he starts heavily drinking at 10 years old, but he's not really 10. (laughs) He's kind of like a teenager or older, but then he, his aging slows down. Like I'm all for that, but I still think like, yeah, but there's an element that like psychologically in his brain, Hellboy has only had as much as a, person on this world can get experience in 10 years time. Yeah. You know, so that's, yeah. that's uh, pretty messed up and sad and cool. And I, I and I like how this is as far, as far as I've read and I need to read more like the real beginning of Hellboy really getting f- way too fucked up, like because he's so depressed and it was so it affected yeah. him so, so much. So and, and it make, and I'm just happy that part of that is the is the Hellboy in Mexico storyline is part of that's his origin in a way. So. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with you. There's that complexity that I think, whether you think about like the abdap, whatever your thoughts are on the adaptations, the, the two that have been made, mm-hmm. I feel they lose a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they decide to side on like either like a little bit adolescent. They go like so far that he doesn't, he hasn't had, he's just like a child mm-hmm. or he's a little bit of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like a bitchy kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was he's he's like, a real Anakin Skywalker in those movies sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little but whiny like, kid, yeah. Little kid. But I think there's more complexity mm-hmm. in that. The comic, I think, displays. It's tough to do a, a, a two-hour superhero movie or two-hour and 12-minute superhero movie. And part of the pitch is like, also, he's an alcoholic. That's why they didn't do that in the Iron Man movies. They're like, yeah. no, right. we, we were not going to do that. But That's if it its was, own thing to deal it's with. It's its own thing. If it was a, of, a yeah. show, if it, the adaptation of Hellboy in this story was a TV show, oh, my God, get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right, your ranking. What are you guys going to put as number two on your covers? I mean, for me, that's not my number one. I'll tell you. I mean, I Ooh. I love. Well, that wasn't my number one. That was my number three. Oh, that's for three. Yeah, I we're see, going, I going starting bottom, bottom to top. And going up. Oh, then uh, yeah, I'm perfectly in line with you. I think. Then me that's too. Mine. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, because I I love most recent Mignola, but I think he I think that it's. It's like like you know this is what he does like he's at this point refined his style for like covers like this so much where you'll have a really strong usually diagonal sometimes like pyramid shaped color mm-hmm. in the background uh figure in the foreground and then like some thematic elements like the to, like the tequila bottle or the and the skull and the card so yeah it's like very not that it's like it's never just like he's like plugging these things in but i feel like it's just something it's not like it's not like so exciting that I would want it like tattooed on my arm. Or right. Something. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, I think it's still very, very cool. And Mignola is obviously a fucking master. But for it's just like not it's more of like his melancholy. His like later work becomes this kind of sadder, more contemplative thing as opposed to like these other exciting ones that I think that the story reflects more like there's more of this like battle and fighting and stuff like that throughout the story. So. Yeah, I think that that one's my third one too. Yeah, what's your, what's cool. your number two, Mark Dave? Ooh, this one's a tough one to to, to decide. Mm-hmm. It's really a tough choice. I'm gonna. Go, I think as I sat here sliding back and forth between <laughs> the two on my iPad, I think I'm gonna. This might be controversial. I'm gonna put Corbin's as my number two. Same. Whoa, disagree. Same for me. Disagree, <gasps> but I respect it. I respect the decision. <laughs> I respect the decision. That's your number one. That's my number one. Great. Tell us why it's your number one. Richard Corbin is an artist that I don't really 
like follow or like, you know, I, I, I don't say like, oh, I'm a Richard Corbin fan. Like his stuff is awesome. But whenever yeah. he pops up, his stuff makes me uncomfortable. But I yeah. but I'm like, but I'm so drawn to is it. Is that because you're flipping through a heavy metal at the time? <laughs> And no, some it's because comic. it's because I'm like reading Hulk or something. It's like it's the it's he pops up in the craziest, you know, um, it's not just the, the it's not just the violence or the subject matter or whatever. But like I just read some Richard Corbin maybe a few months ago in this Conan comic that I have the recent Dark Horse recent meaning like starting in 2003. And I was reading some some Conan comics from like 2005, six, seven, somewhere in there. And Richard Corbin comes in and does a couple issues or a story arc or whatever. And like he's so perfect for this kind of pulpy, like supernatural, but just like visceral story. Yeah. And and um, his I think his style really, really fits with Hellboy. And I almost it almost reminds me of like Klasky Chupo Rugrats art because it's like kind of ugly especially yeah. compared yeah. to Mike Mignola his 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 characters are not as appealing they're not as streamlined and cool and slick and you know with the shadows it's just like everything has dots on it and there's dust everywhere yeah there's all the like stippling mm-hmm. and like mottled skin and yeah. veins and stuff not, like that not my favorite art style and, and and even when i think about comic book art i tend to be i tend to talk about and think about like the really beautiful you know classical style or like the painterly style or, or, or whatever. And yet I just think that like, it just kind of, it's like teeth gnashing and it just fits with this dusty Mexico story, this landscape. Uh, and I, and I know he does later one, he does one where like, I think it's another flashback or when, when Hellboy is, we get a story of him when he's a luchador and he like fights like this Frankenstein monster that just has like huge nipples. Like, yeah. do you guys remember? Do you, if you yeah. Guys- yeah, that's, that's the Mike Mignola Frankenstein. That's uh, a character trait that is pretty wild. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this is, but this is the, this is the, uh, you know, this is the Richard Corbin, like, like this kind of thing. Yeah. Is this, it's like, it hurts. It's this really big, yeah, it just, it all, his stuff looks like it hurts. That's a good way to put it too, Kate. So, so even though Mike Mignola's Hellboy art is untouchable, unmatched, I think that looking at these covers, I'm like, for me, the Richard Corbin has a lot more dynamicism in it. It's very dynamic. And I think it's a little bit more fun to look at that cover and go, what the hell is he getting himself into now? What's this about? Whereas the other two are just classic pitch perfect Mike Mignola. So, but you guys, you guys said the opposite of me and that's cool too. That's okay. I mean, I would say, I, I I think they have different things going. Agreed. Agreed. And I think you called out a lot of what's going for the Corbin. What I love is the, in the Corbin, I do love the, the energy that you're getting. I love that Hellboy in the air is over the um, title. I love how in Mexico is sort of like spray spray painted. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's a great effect. Mm -hmm. I love the fire. The, the, the energy is what, what I love about mm-hmm. that. I, I, what I like about Mignola's variant is I actually think that this is a classic. Yes, I think the, the layout mm-hmm. is classic mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think this is a rare occasion where there's a lot of clutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's clutter and color. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like and color, color Yes, the color is the big thing where I'm like, Mignola really usually has Dave Stewart, I think, sort of keep like a couple of like one hot bright color that highlights yeah. yep. right yeah yep. and this is like he's like hey dave i want this to go fucking wild yeah. 
Green, green and I think that's, blues, orange, you know, marigold. It's very cocoa. It's very Mexico. Yeah. That's what I was going to compare mm-hmm. it to is cocoa. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I like about it is he's bringing, he's allowing that vibrance for the story to come through, even though he doesn't do the interiors. Yeah. 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 Excellent point. And Coco's, I mean, Coco's good. That's a good movie. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> you're like selling me on this Corbin one too. Cause I do, you know, now I'm looking at it because it's so dynamic because it has like it has tension, like mm-hmm. literal tension with mm-hmm. like the turnbuckles and like the ropes and stuff like that literally being pulled back like elastic. Like you can there's so much yeah. kinetic energy about like about to explode on this page yeah. on this cover. It's really fucking awesome. Yeah, man. But I guess I'm just seduced by these colors of Mignola's like <laughs> you never see it. You know, you don't really ever see it. And then just like the character design of Esteban in his bat form mm-hmm. and Very like cool. the cool like tattoo, like now jumping off of him in like this demonic sort of inverted version of the of the like sacred heart of Mary, I guess it would be like, yeah, that was he had before. Like, there's just a lot of cool shit there. That's it. I That's love it. Why I like it. Yeah. You, 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 you yeah. guys have both read this story before before reading it for this what everybody was like so pumped on it and i was like i'm reading these in order i'm just gonna i'm gonna stick with reading it in order and i've just (laughs) you know i've heard about it for so long so i was so happy to finally get i I was like i i've been waiting for this one specifically for so long what did you think was it worth the wait yeah i thought it was so cool i thought it was great like i you know i think you get like a little glimpse into where they're at in the 80s and then you get to see hellboy Mm -hmm. on his like sort of like on his own basically solo adventure he's with an agent for like two seconds yeah then they died yeah yeah they, they're gone <laughs> so yeah i think i totally get why it's such a fan favorite mm-hmm. it's so fun to look at and like yeah i just love hector your description of corbin's work mm-hmm. feeling like i i feel like i've like found my friend's older brother's like magazine that i'm not supposed yeah. to look at yeah like it's like very <laughs> forbidden yeah. and like grimy you know Mm -hmm. it's like the top shelf of comic book store that i'm like not allowed to see kind of shit yeah i i my family being from mexico i visit there pretty like occasionally uh, you know maybe maybe a few times a year maybe you know once or twice every couple of years and i used to go there more when i was a kid take vacations and stuff depending on where you go in mexico it is they have these great little desert towns that i would go to near near the coast uh up and down Baja and they're just deserts and they feel when you walk, when you get out of the car and you walk around, you taste the dirt, you taste the sand and, and that feeling of like, damn, it's hot. And it's crunchy in my mouth. Like, I think little particles of dirt got in there and I'm like, you know, and there's stray dogs everywhere. And there's and it's just, you know, you see mountains of California and, and Baja California that it sometimes it makes me think of um, this particular story and like Corbin. And, and again, that art, that art approach of everything just feels like there's little pebbles everywhere because of yeah. his, because of the pinpoints so that textured. he's doing. Very yeah. textured, very textured. Whereas normally I feel like Hellboy is more about shadows and yeah. tone and stepping in and out of shadows and these great shots. And, you know, but here's, here comes Corbin and it's like, nom, nom, you're eating sand when you read yeah. this the yeah. whole time. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. Okay. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's beautiful. Man. Yeah, I love that. Before we get into just talking in general about the story and all that, I, I love what he said and how this story came about. Yep. He has this in his foreword for it. And I'm just going to uh, read a majority of it. Um, back in 2004, I did a drawing of Hellboy standing over some dead monsters 
with his arm around a Mexican wrestler. Uh, Hector's showing it right oh, now. Yeah. The, 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 this is a version I don't think I've, because I don't have that that collection. You're, you're missing out, up. dummy. I've it's never the best. seen it. <laughs> I only have the companion version, which he, he talks about in here, because uh, we have the Hellboy, the companion. Mm -hmm. He says, I did it just for fun and for some reason wrote... Penueke? How do you say that? Palen okay. Palenque? Palenque? Maybe Palenque? Palenque? I don't know. Mexico, June 2nd, 1956, on it, uh, establishing that apparently there was a period of Hellboy's life that I knew nothing about. <laughs> a great Mignola, like, like not giving himself enough credit and saying, I just stumbled into mm -hmm. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So funny. And then he says, eventually we used that piece as an illustration in the Hellboy the Companion. And it was while writing up an outline of Hellboy's life for that book that I came up with the idea of his Lost Weekend, a five-month blur of drinking with wrestlers and fighting monsters. I hadn't intended to write any actual story set during the drunken blur, but this one just sort of happened. And as I write this, there are three follow-ups to it in the work. <laughs> There's just something I really like about Hellboy wandering around Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just like a really cool way that he's just like, I, who knows where ideas sometimes come from? I love it. They just stumble out of us. I, it also makes me really happy because I think that in in the in the history of fiction and especially genre fiction, that Latin American countries haven't been afforded the same kind of uh, opportunities for like their mythology as European medieval countries or Russian yeah. countries. And and I, I normally thought Hellboy, again, coming from like the Guillermo movies, even though he's a Mexican director, I, I th those feel like a fantasy that is very European and ancient and, and Lovecraftian and all this cool stuff that, sure. that didn't make me think about like, well, could Hellboy go up against the Chupacabra? Could Hellboy go up against, you know, this kind of myth and folklore from other parts of the world? So I really like how Mike Mignola is is inspired by every part around the world that has its own cool myths and legends. And he's weaving them into the larger Hellboy universe and world. And um, and I think that that just to have the opportunity where it's a what is it? It's, it's a Maya character, the Kamazots. Yeah, Kamazots. Bat God creature. I'm like, that's the coolest thing. And it's not, it, <laughs> yeah. he, it, he doesn't even go into it in this story, I think, in the level that he would go into the mythology for other tales. It's just, it's like, you only know Kamazots as the name. And I yeah. had to go and do the research and I was like, cool, that's Mayan or that's Maya. That's super, super yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Uh, it's not like he had a character in this story tell Hellboy, Kamazots is this and this is what it right. means. And this is the old legend. Like <laughs> the story opens with a, an old Mexican woman saying there's smoke that comes up and it's very bad and, and, and evil is drawn to it. And Hellboy was like, that was true. A couple of my guys died, vampires, witches. It was bad. And then they just go. And the story yeah. is very like from Hellboy's perspective and he doesn't know what anything is, but to get the realization that like the Kamazots God that his friend Esteban was turned into is the same as vampiric. And then at the end, he's able to free his friend and like and have that all linked into a much more modern, historically speaking, aspect of Mexican culture, which is wrestling, I think is super cool. <laughs> like yeah. it makes me very, it, it would be like, um, I don't know, it would be like uh, going to Scotland and having this old hundreds of year old myth tie into something that Scotland is known for today, you yeah. know? And, and, yeah. and so it, I, I like the simplicity of the story, but I do, I am just really happy that like Mignola is allowing his character to go and spend all this time in Mexico and that it's not just a 
touristy visit. Like he he leaves Hellboy. If you guys read chronologically past this story, he's there for longer for other, you know, tales during this time where he is healing from his emotional wound of, of making a best friend and then the be- losing the best friend. And also, yeah. I just also like the detail. And again, I feel like it makes me happy to see as a guy whose family comes from Mexico and as somebody who loves this kind of stuff that like Esteban and his brothers are speaking Spanish, but we don't get the translation. But then Hellboy, yeah. no, Hellboy can talk to him, you yeah. know, yeah. and he's yeah. like, tú, tú eres mi amigo, mi, 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 mi amigo. And he goes, like, you're my best friend. No, like, like yeah. just this back and forth. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it gives me some of the same feelings I got. To bring it up again, when I watched the movie Coco, which is made by Pixar, which is made by Disney, this huge thing. And to have characters in that movie say little words in Spanish and they're, they're not translated that, you know, a, a thing doesn't come up on the bottom. But just when like the character in that movie goes, hey, come on, Chamaco, let's go do this over here. Like just to hear the word Chamaco, which means like little kid or like, you know, in Spanish was it's it's like it makes me think about my own family and, you know, and, and the things I grew up with and grew grew around when I was a kid. And uh, it's just it's cool to see. It's a little tiny piece of I can see myself in this kind of world and this kind of story. That's awesome. So it's wonderful. It's it is a case of a little bit of representation, even though Hellboy's not Mexican. After yeah. the story, he's an honorary Mexican. Yeah, he's best friends. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> he loved Esteban. He loved Esteban more than his brothers loved him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Truly. heartbreaking. That, yeah. And that's like it is that's. That's like a beautiful thing about it. It's like being more, I mean, obviously like it's still written by Mike Vignola, but Mm -hmm. I think he does like, when he does dip into different like, like what's like, what's his, what's his background? What's Mike Vignola's background? Is he part Russian? Is he like, like, where does his family come from? And are are European, American? I'm curious. There's a documentary coming out on him in the near future. So you probably will get all those questions. I I just bring it up only because. I feel like he's an East Coaster and then eventually made his way. For sure. I, I The only thing it says on his Wikipedia, early life, literally is like two sentences. <laughs> Mike Mignola was born September 16th, 1960. He was raised Catholic. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So maybe he's got family from Italy. Maybe yeah, he's right. got family from England. Maybe, he, you know, whatever the case may be, I feel like Hellboy in Mexico is the same as when Mike Mignola dips into like Russian folklore. I yeah. don't know if Mike is Russian. Yeah. I don't know if he, I don't know if his family. Family's Russian. I don't know if his grandmother ever told him about the Baba Yaga, but I know that whatever amount of research he does to write his stories and that are interesting to him, and he you know brings it into his world, I feel like he just did the same thing with Hellboy in Mexico. And I'm like, yeah. that's it. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Yeah. It's 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 that's it's perfect for what Hellboy is. Yeah. Well, he does say this too, just to add to that, because and it's called Kamazot. How do you say it? I think. I don't know. Kamazots. He says, Kamazots is a Mayan bat god, and the woman with the necklace of humans' hands and the red and the rattlesnakes is somebody. <laughs> I, but I can't remember who, and I can't find my notes. And then he says, I, I have to confess that I don't actually know anything about Mexican wrestlers, but I've never but I've never I've never seen any of the movies, but I sure like the idea of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think there is like sometimes he knows a lot. Sometimes it's like I know little, and I'm gonna just infuse it because I think it. Like he just said, he's like, mm-hmm. I like it's the idea. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, and I don't know. It's interesting, too, because he said he doesn't know anything about Mexican wrestling. But the crazy thing is, is the little that I know about Mexican wrestling. I also, I also have not really sat down and watched an old Mexican wrestling movie. I don't know if you guys have ever caught those on a Spanish language channel. They are nuts. They're low budget. There's always there, there's guys <laughs> in wrestling masks that'll usually be in like three piece suits, but they're like in a wrestling mask. You know, it's very it's very much. I only know it really from not. It's from Nacho Libre, Libre where like Ramses with a bad guy had this gold mask yes. but he had like you know a three-piece suit and they were they were they're lauded as being very important men in the town or whatever but like i i remember they're they're basically like low budget superhero movies these these movies because these wrestlers would go and fight and they would like help people and the crazy thing is is that mike in the story had these three wrestlers be given a gift or be given a vision from the virgin mary to stop and go fight monsters <laughs> yeah. and there's no hesitation and these three brothers are just like all right that's what we're gonna do and I feel like yeah. even with with the little that I know about luchadores in Mexico, that's such a plot point for a Mexican wrestling movie. Like it feels so authentic to, to, to decide yeah. that these three guys <laughs> are like they're three brothers. They were wrestlers and they killed monsters at night. And like, I'm yeah. like that's accurate. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also like looking into his influences, which are like old Victorian sort of stories, like monster stories. Mm-hmm. Possibly he's influenced a little bit of like old monster movies. I I, I, I might be speaking out of turn for Mike Mignola, but I feel like you're 100% right. I think those those big plot points to kick it off, it's it seems to be in line with that. that. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And like he probably, I could see Mike liking B-movie, monster B-movies, and they have those same Mm-hmm. I also yeah. say I was thinking about this too, too when I was thinking about what I was going to say on the podcast and 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 kind of share with you guys. But I feel like if Mike had crafted the story where he knew he wanted Hellboy to fight a demon possessed Mexican wrestler at like the end of the story, I feel like if he had done something where it was just that it could have bordered on offensive. It could have bordered on, oh, the one. T- OK, Mike, the one time you bring Hellboy into Mexico, like he's going to fight uh, and he normally fights monsters all over the world. Yeah. This monster is a luchador like that's offensive. But the way he backwards from that point to make it so that it was one of the allies of Hellboy who was turned in that way. And these guys were wrestlers, but they were also monster hunters on par with what whatever Hellboy was doing, like whatever the BPRD is doing, Mm -hmm. that it made it super legit. Like, like just the visual of him, like the Richard Corbin cover, like Mexican wrestling a monster is fun, but without any of the context, it's almost like, Mike, why, why'd you come up with this story? Where, where are you going with this? But when you read the whole context of the story and then the sadness that comes after the fact, when he stabs Esteban through the thing and Esteban says like, gracias amigo, like thanking him for like, you know, freeing him from that curse and letting him die a man. Like it, it also feels tragic and Mexican. It feels appropriate and it doesn't feel like it is just Mike Mignola as a tourist being like, I think this thing's cool. I'm going to mash them together. It, it really does feel like to get, to give that white guy from the East coast, more credit maybe than he than he would say <laughs> it almost feels like this was a story from an old like mexican wrestling movie that he watched and straight up was like i'm gonna take those three brothers and i'm gonna put them yeah. in hellboy that's how how good it feels for the like the authenticity of it but he just made it up he's a good writer <laughs> i mean he definitely yeah. I, I think he he would admit to like i wouldn't be surprised if there was a movie that he was like yep so inspired by that he was like i gotta take this chunk mm-hmm. and turn it into something over here like i think he I, I i think he would that's like not beyond him i think like the way the stuff that he like draws inspiration from 
It's like he's definitely like he's not just like cracking open old tomes like, right, that are right, right, dusty right. with like the legend. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's like other monster movies and stuff that informs it. And, and so, yeah, I would bet that would be definitely especially because I the one lucha, luchador movie I've ever seen is a vampire movie. Yeah, right. So I feel like there's like there's probably, you know, there's a world where he's, you know, I'm sure. And Mignola has like, I don't know, he's lived longer. He's he's got like such a wide, extensive, like array of uh, sources of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Shit. I, w- I would be surprised if he didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some movies like that. So, yeah, it's 1970. Yeah. He's 10 years old. He's yeah. he's somewhere where there's a Spanish language channel and he's flipping channels and there's this weird vampire luchador like, cool. movie. Yeah, and he's a little 10-year-old kid like, <laughs> this is cool. And then yeah. and then it just, you know, buries itself in the recesses of his mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Could have happened. <laughs> I love this too. Like we it opens with him. I, I love the way that Corbin draws Abe. He has him like kind of any close-up of him is sort of in shadow, which I think just he just looks cool. He's got like really like vibrant eyes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when they go into this, basically like just a gas station, but has like some like remnants of a restaurant that was there too. You see the Virgin Mary that they had been, that we'll see later that they had been carrying around with them, the brothers mm-hmm. that they received the inspiration from this, like divine inspiration to go kill monsters covered with like newspaper clippings and old photos and magazine uh, clippings for these various wrestlers and that's where Abe discovers this like poster size picture photo uh, photograph of the three brothers with Hellboy he's like okay you got to tell me the story basically you know mm-hmm. yeah and a thing I love too that's just a subtle touch in these first panels that are part of just like the way that we're getting into talking about his time in Mexico yeah. what I love is Hell, Abe walks right into the shrine. Mm-hmm. This little, even though it's, it's it, what he probably is walking up and thinking that it is just a d- abandoned ga- just a gas station. Just somewhere to get out of the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting enough, and I'm uh, interesting because Hellboy says interesting as he walks in, but he like makes his way in there. Hellboy never goes in. He's he in that moment he's outside the door. He only sits in the door jam. He does in the door like seal on there he never makes he has like a massive amount of reverence that's unspoken Mm. when he tells abe this story Mm -hmm. which i love and that's i think what makes this story work so much is that weight of his time there Mm -hmm. has like it's still on him yeah Yeah. it's only 30 years later uh yeah but that's um which is nothing for nothing for hellboy what 200 or whatever and it's and he's also keeping his eye on whatever the hell's in that box which is just another yeah. great <laughs> a nice little detail know, like touch. quiet you like yeah. that kind of i think i think the other thing that i love about the story if i'm talking about things like the issues of representation and and all of that is the ending it, the ending is like star wars the last jedi i love it to death i love the fact that hellboy dressed up like a luchador because first time i read it i thought that it was another i thought it was a human guy just dressed as hellboy right like that somebody saw hellboy with these three brothers and like you know turned it as an inspiration for his own wrestling character which could also work too because it's all stemming from the inspiration of hellboy the person but the fact that little little right. kids are looking up at him from this video from 1956 and the one of the kid has a masks and they're all yelling hellboy 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 and yeah. it's like this fandom that he, neither hellboy nor their bprd knows exists but this right. this kids yeah. or a generation of kids grew up watching this particular movie or cheering him on as the hero which i think is also yeah. um 
it, it also just it's really inspirational but it also kind of feels mexican to me going back to like guillermo del toro all of his movies are always about monsters being heroic because it, it and 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 once somebody asked guillermo why do all your movies have monsters in them and he and he said or like why do they all have you know, why are they all sad? Why do they have monsters in them? And then he said something like, because I'm Mexican, like, because it just, it's, it's part of his upbringing and how he could relate to, you know, his culture. And even the day of the dead, as, as more people know, because of the mainstreaming of Coco and stuff, it is about acknowledging death. It's, it's different from Halloween, but it's still not like sad. It's kind of bittersweet and it's kind of happy and you celebrate. And so these kids worshiping this demonic man, but as a wrestling hero, it's it almost feels like it almost feels like Mike Mignola saying like, well, Mexican kids get it like they would get Hellboy like they they yeah. they understand that he's a cool guy and they're not going to be scared of him. And they're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that happens with Hellboy a lot in his stories is I think that kids like him or like, you know, he interacts with like more innocent people and they kind of they're not as appalled by him or freaked out by him or whatever. But yeah, I just really like that ending. Yeah. I, I, and then to add to that, I think that's why. I, I prefer over every iteration, of course, is the original Mignola, in addition to just like people not being afraid of him. That's just like the world that we get. That's true. We're in. They accept him more. I mean, I'm not there's there's examples where they, they think not so much, but he also like to add that, like there's this really cool part of Hellboy that is in the very first like comic book of mm -hmm. his when he has to fight a dog that's possessed by like an Egyptian God and he doesn't want to hurt it at first. Right. He doesn't want to just go in there and like, like we beat can up every monster. Out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's an aspect that gets lost. Yes. Especially when the adaptations mm -hmm. that I think is what I love about mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Is he'd rather try to fight and that's usually his aw crap or shit mm -hmm. or uh oh, geez. They're all coming from him having to do the resort to the thing he'd rather not. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Reading us, reading a story right before that takes place right before this in preparation for this was the, um, Oh God, it's such a great, takes place in the same year in Hellboy's life, but it is, uh, the nature of the beast. No, wait, that's not it. That's the snake one. The one after that is King Volt, where he goes with this guy who's a friend of Professor Brooms, and and he's like, oh, I'm gonna have to. That guy sets him I'm up. gonna have to fight this thing, aren't I? And yeah. and even when the wolf, you know, thing shows up, like Hellboy's trying to like, he's like, dang it, I knew something like this was gonna happen, and he keeps trying to, you know, yeah. It, it just whenever he walks into a situation, I love that the that aspect, Mark Dave. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> Another thing before we like, I just want to say the the appearance of this demonic turkey was great i love it like yeah because it is turkey scary like you know like you ever been around a turkey like they're a little like what are you thinking like, like aliens kind of, yeah they're a little creepy mm -hmm. so it's cool that esteban runs into one outside and then recognizes it of course it's got glowing red eyes mm -hmm. but he's also like you know he recognizes it and then is sadly attacked i love this use of the tattoo also the like mm -hmm. changing of the tattoo into mm -hmm. its demonic yeah. form and yeah yeah and it just ending with like the first thing when i was googling uh kamazats was this a sculpture that basically is like looks like a smaller version of the one that corbin has drawn here yeah. uh, a couple times really really cool to like incorporate actual like art in that way like and yeah i think like this is a super like comic books in general just being like 
a super like pop kind of medium, but to incorporate like actual sculpture that yes. like exists in the in the world and like it gives it like it lends it like a little bit of authenticity and also makes you want to go and read more about it. Go and read more about like about just like you know I, like any kind of like Mayan legends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's fucking cool yeah my first exposure to baba yaga i think was hellboy comics period and yeah, then and then I, I and then i learned i'm like oh that's a real thing and then it, yeah who's you know, showing me russian yeah. <laughs> folklore outside you know but then it's like you dip into it and mm-hmm. it's like oh this is all really cool like mm-hmm. i never i never would have heard of any of that stuff before like scottish like certain scottish legends and mm-hmm. stuff like that it's like we all know vampires we all know yeah like, boring werewolves and stuff but it's like yeah. Hey, I love a good vampire. <laughs> I love these. I love these like demonic, all of the like, you got like a conquistador in here. You got like all <laughs> kinds of different people in this uh, like audience for the fight at the end. Very dramatic. Awesome. Like throwing away of the cape. And yeah. then his tattoo hisses. Esteban's tattoo is like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I guess Kamazats at this point. So fucking cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Just dig it. It's awesome. It's a it's a great book. I, what I, I want. Did you have something else? After I was just or? reminded. I'm just like remembering when I'm watching Hellboy 2019 with David Harbour that that movie started. And because they were doing Hellboy in Mexico and it was like pretty cool i was like oh shit am i really gonna like this movie and yeah. then it, and then it lost me pretty quick and it's then like, it's, nope. it didn't recover yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a great point because i think they throw it in they treat okay this is a one-shot comic yeah. book but i would argue it has a whole arc it does it. the whole the whole and arc I, is collected in here i mean he spends time yeah. he gets married well, I think that's part of a whole, yeah 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 I, well that's part of like a bigger arc but i think even just this one mm-hmm. shot has its own sort of character arc that leads to those him staying there longer, mm-hmm. right? Because of Esteban. And they think threw that away. Yeah. They decided they treat it like an actual one shot, like it was just one event that didn't like maybe we'll show a little bit of motion. But what I love is, and maybe this is you know, I'll throw this thought in there is the movie sort of made it so sort of like he was in Mexico because he didn't like doing BPR. Right. Which this one I love, he's down there just because he's new. Yes. So when he gets so he's down there doing a job. I love all the imagery of how horrible these vampires, how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the first one, I hadn't read this for a while. When I flipped the page and saw the bodies hanging from fucking poles, I was like, holy shit. I forgot to realize how bad it Yeah, it's was. bad. Whole town's wiped yeah. out. That was crazy. I love that. And then he stumbles into them. They're as good as he mm-hmm. is. They're on the same sort of in the, their, of course, entry point is different. Mm-hmm. But they're like having a fucking ball. Yeah, I love it. It's like he was he like came from like being new, probably dealt with some bureaucratic stuff. He doesn't hate it, but he's just still like finding his footing. Mm-hmm. Then he runs into these dudes. It's like it's like a teenager, you know what I mean? Like a coming of age story yeah. in the middle of this of like, hell yeah, I could do this and fucking party and have fun. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I, I did g- not make this comparison until you just brought it up that way, Mark Dave. But like it's the same uh-huh. as how in a lot of versions of the Superman story, when he's a teenager and he's active as Superboy, kind of, he meets the Legion of Superheroes who are kids his age, but they're from the year 3000. And they grew up in a time that was so influenced and inspired by the legacy of Superman that they're all like, yeah, we have a whole team of teenage superheroes. We're from different, different (laughs) coalitions in the, you know, in the planetary force or whatever. And we fly around and we kick ass and we're teenagers and Superman being the first character in his world who like has powers. So he felt alone, but then he meets these characters and he goes, all right, 
right, I can do this. I can be a superhero in this way. And it was yeah. like they provided an example. So it's so cool how I just made that connection in my head, Mark, Dave, about how like it, how cool it is that Hellboy is new. He's 10 years old at this point, 10 years, yeah. 10 years, yeah. 10 years on the planet, you know, going from a two year old little baby to, to this 10 year old kid. And he is treated like a kid in some of the earlier stories, like some of the adults are talking about, you know, how to get women. And they're like, eh, this story's a little too old for you, kid. And yeah, Hellboy's yeah. like mad at it. And right. he sneaks a cigarette and he's trying to smoke this cigarette. And then he finds a demonic circus. But like he wants to be this grown up. So, yeah, he's new. He gets down there. His guys get killed. But then he meets these other, you know, monster killers. And it's party. Wait, do they get killed? Do the agents get killed? Because it says Hendrix and Murphy only lasted a couple of days before they quit and went home. Oh. I don't know if a BPRD agent died, unless I'm missing something. We've constantly said it in this episode, Hendrix and I'm and like, Murphy. wait, I don't, I think they didn't die. I think they were like, this is too much for Oh, us. no, you're right. They didn't Which die. Is, they quit and oh, went yeah. home. Which is Dang. even crazier, though. And they, but that's a crazier, I, I, even them not dying is crazier that these agents were like, well, I can't handle yeah. this. Ow. And then Hellboy, the new guy is like left yeah. with the it. The 10 year old son of <laughs> Professor Broom, like the, like the, the, you know, the star pupil over here. Yeah, that's crazy. They quit and Hellboy but stuck around. But that's cool though, I guess, because then, I mean, you talk about Hellboy being inspired because he sees this example from the luchadors. They're like. They're not giving up. They have the bravery to fight these guys and the strength to fight these yeah. guys. So that's what he sees. He's like, okay, yeah, that's, this is the way that you can really help and make a difference and not have monsters like overrun this whole town. Yeah. It's like ripping them apart like this. Sometimes <laughs> it comes to that. Yeah. And then I love that. It's like the partying is what gets them in trouble, mm -hmm. which is sort of childish, mm -hmm. but I love that. They don't just immediately learn their lesson. They go through a whole dark age where they just like get brutal with, with all the creatures yes. and he admits it. And I think that's a great thing that they go even deeper into like, and more vicious mm -hmm. only to, and then to the point where he's taking on his, a best yeah. friend. Like yeah. that's, yeah, it's, I mean, that's what he learns his lesson is freeing him. And it's less, know, it's I, lessons learned. And it's something where like to be able to put this story in this time period and know I got to give Hellboy some kind of a story arc, but he can't end where like the normal adult Hellboy is. He still needs to be immature. He still needs to make more mistakes after that. Yeah. You know, that all lead up to, to with these short stories and these little like side quests that all eventually lead up to Rasputin and Seed of Destruction. But that's yeah. still, you know, a decade away. So and and from the fifties, four decades away. So yeah, it's great. Simplistic, oh, so yeah. so simple. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. I know like, he looks he looks cool as his full bat with wings form, but I have to say when Esteban is his demonic, when he takes off his mask for the first time, yeah. and he's just a buff luchador. Because he's got even buffer because it's like like the demonic powers made him buffer. <laughs> yeah. Or the vampires made him go to like work yeah. out more. <laughs> but like I love he's just a bat head. Like his, he has that full bat mm -hmm. head. That one frame after he pulls it off his mask. And it's just that buff neck with a bat head is so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just how simple it is. Yeah. It's just like, oh. It's awesome. Oh, it's so rad. Man, they should make an action <laughs> figure of Esteban and the Kamazots. You're damn First right. versus Hellboy. They should. That would be cool. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Like we, other than going panel by panel, I, I, I like the story, but I think that's the thing I love is that there's like a full real arc to the, the, the of him growing mm -hmm. up, a stage of him mm -hmm. growing up. He doesn't fully grow up, but it's a state like a 
a small moment yeah. for him to and to gain some experience. Yeah, and, and the beginning and of his alcoholism. Yeah, lose a yeah. lose a friend. True. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Become an alcohol because it's like it. I mean, that's how it starts, right? I mean, I'm not. You, every you every fun, alcoholic, and then now I know, he's going to do it to get over. His... Lost and had to kill their best friend to vampirism. That's You're right. right. Had to do it. Yes. Kamazots. Hi, I'm I'm Hellboy, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Hellboy. <laughs> so tell us about the name of your friend who you had to kill, who was a vampire. That's why we're all here in Vampire Killers Anonymous. So perfect. <laughs> you, this, you know, this made me think. Is like, I mean, I don't know. It'd be fun to see what. And mainly because of his dust from uh, from dusk till dawn, from dusk till dawn, and also just like his Desperado like trilogy. There's a part of me goes like, it would have been cool to see Robert Rodriguez like touch. Yeah, him man, and possibly cover that this. Been cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, and just going off of Sin City and how like devoted that movie was to the art from the comic that Frank Miller did. Like, I feel like if Robert Rodriguez had done Hellboy, he would have been even more. Uh, uh, a slave to the artwork more than Guillermo del Toro was. He would have really been like, let's find a way to, to get this Mike Mignola, you know, panel on screen. And it probably yeah. would have looked right. super cool. Yeah. Damn, what could have been? Hey, don't worry about <laughs> it because someday it still might happen. It will happen, yeah. It'll eventually be rebooted and somebody will, you know, do something with it. But yeah, somebody else. I think, I think if some studio, whoever has the rights to it, really does want to commit to live action, I think that a live action prestige anthology or, you know, straight forward hbo max show is the way to go i think that's what you have to do i think yeah, that's what you have to totally do because it, and it could and it could just be super just super tight super well written get get heaps and heaps of praise and just be a win-win all around you know don't don't force it don't have to don't force hellboy into a two-hour movie format let that tone breathe you know this episode's 45 minutes this episode's 20 whoa this episode's 54 minutes. <laughs> From your mouth to HBO's ears. I yeah, hope that that's crazy. crazy. That would be so nice. Yeah. It'd be fucking but before crazy. that, let's put Ron Perlman back in that suit one more time. Hell yeah. One more time. Get him in years there. old. Get him in there. Send old man Hellboy to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts before we wrap up our discussion of Hellboy in Mexico? No, it's just badass. Yeah. Did you have any favorite panels or anything that you wanted to point out? I definitely pointed out some. I, I love that exchange. Hellboy, do it as me, mejor amigo. No, you're my best friend. <laughs> yeah. And they both have like the little pops of like being drunk in uh, like uh, behind. Yeah. Like, the, next like to old them. cartoons, like uh, nobody yeah. knows. Right, right. How dry. <laughs> I am. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 That's it. We nailed it. I like this design of vampire in general. I said we I nailed say... it, Mark Dave. We did it. <laughs> no. Yeah, we nailed it with these teeth <laughs> that are going to go into everybody's neck. I like a vampire that doesn't have that romantic yes. element of like too nicely formed. Yeah, these are mm -hmm. definitely demonic vampires. Mm -hmm. They're perfect. Love it. Uh, yeah, I love that. And I would just say I do like the first time they you see the brothers out killing monsters. They're in a car, they're in a, their truck with a machete out the Hell window, yeah. like hitting a, hitting a mailbox. <laughs> like like Danny Trejo in machete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. May we all attack this year, like three Mexican brothers who were told by the Virgin Mary, you got to kill monsters. Let's get in yeah. there. You guys, let's <laughs> That's do the it. Motivation that I needed. 2022. Let's do it. Oh, Hell yeah. It's amazing. No hesitation. All right. <laughs> All right, um, listeners, we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear all your thoughts on anything we touched um, on this episode, 
Specifically, though, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Hellboy in Mexico. You can share your thoughts with us at Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast. And then we just ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform you listen to, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but if you go out of your way and go into Apple Podcasts or if your platform allows you to leave a review – please leave us what we call a boom review. That is a five star or the maximum stars it allows <laughs> on your platform. Um, give us those max stars with a review that starts with the word boom, B-O-O-M. It will read your <laughs> review right here on the show and praise you for it. It takes your reviews, your subscriptions, and you rating us to get more listeners to the pod. So we really, really appreciate it. Hey, Hector, do you have any final um plugs or do you have any where can if people want more from you that's coming up current or forever how do they find you i'm on the internet on twitter and instagram at hector is funny and i'm on youtube at youtube.com slash heroes reforged and um if you want to get action figure like accessories and a nice that go to the container store they have these really nice white lacquered boxes that are really nice you could put all your action figure accessories in there i used to put them in little ziploc baggies that looks ugly but do that and you know come up with a philosophy start collecting upgrade that garfield i'm figure. truly inspired by <laughs> let's like, do this, this. Is, is yeah this is so Kate, very Kate, you're on the lookout for Garfield 2020 <laughs> and Mark Dave, you're trying to get Galactus four hundred dollars. That's what we're that's what we gotta get. That's yeah, it. I'm trying to waste four hundred dollars <laughs> on a toy. It's an investment, Dave. It's an investment. <laughs> I don't think I could convince Beth that that is an what investment. What if <laughs> you told her that you're gonna film a stop motion animated project with the toy? Now we're talking. She'd see you right yep, through. Yep, now yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show with us again. And yeah, you're just awesome. And your insight is on comics is fucking awesome oh. as always. So thank you guys yeah, so much. We appreciate you. It is my pleasure. Course, but before, yeah. hey, before you yeah. go, we have one more yes. segment. What is it? Do you guys have any, based on what we read, anything that popped up while we were discussing? Do you have anything you would suggest our listeners to read, <laughs> watch, or enjoy? Conan, Conan, Conan. All Conan. Yeah. The 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 Conan rights in comics lapsed to or they went to Marvel the past couple of years and they've been putting out kind of similar to this to these gorgeous Dark Horse books. They've been putting out the older Conan Dark Horse comics that they took the character and put him in a streamlined timeline. I don't know if I'm repeating any of myself. I don't know cool. if I said this to you guys last time no, we talked, no. but like the original author for Conan, uh, Robert E. Howard, he also would sporadically, you know, put him and now he's a King and now he's a mercenary as a young man. And now he's over here and now he's over here. Cool. So there are actual Conan like, scholars who have over the decades tried to you know figure wow. everything out in the correct order and they awesome. and they did this gorgeous series from dark horse comics starting in 03 and marvel has been putting them in what they call epic collections and richard corbin's in there mike mignola's in there there's some really really awesome stellar i think probably yeah. the best conan comics ever made in and i'm even talking about i like the new stuff that marvel's put out they put conan on a, an avengers team called the savage avengers he met the punisher it's rad i'm That's all I'm into it but <laughs> yeah these dark horse books in particular are so so good and they might be a little tough to track down but anything that is the conan chronicles in the marvel epic collection 
Mwah. And they come with the essays. They put the essays in the back. These Love these it. forewords, afterwards, nice. you know, the great things that really help figure out the context of everything. Just like you guys are reading as you as you explore the Hellboy collections and stuff. So that would be my number one. Hellboy and Conan would be friends, man. They'd get along. I think so. I love yeah. it. That's Hell great. yeah. I'm going to look it up. You have anything you want to suggest, Kate? Just because you're saying Conan so much makes me think of the Red Sonja movie. Yes. Have you, do, you, do you like that movie? It's bad, but I do love I Red like Sonja. I like it. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It's good. <laughs> it's weird that Arnold is in it, not playing Conan. He plays another character. It's weird. Yeah, it's just a different guy. <laughs> yeah, big sword. Just a different guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I will just quickly suggest two movies that in our discussion popped up in my head. Um, One is a movie called Shrek 4. Thank you. Shrek Shrek 4 up. There's a Jim Jarmusch movie called Ghost Dog starring Forrest Whitaker. Mm -hmm. I've seen Ghost Dog. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. The main reason, and it's called Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. The reason this popped up was because an aspect that Hector pointed out was how Hellboy could, even though he's not speaking Spanish, he could understand Mm -hmm. it and vice versa with the brothers and Esteban. Mm -hmm. And that's an aspect in Ghost Dog between Ghost Dog, the samurai that Force Whitaker's, and there's a a French uh, ice cream uh, truck (laughs) owner, and they talk to each other. One in English, one in French. They don't ever cross. Love it, love it. And they, but they understand each other. And it's it's such a beautiful aspect of that movie that I love. And then the other movie is called. Um, I probably have plugged this before, and if I have, I'm sorry. I, it's this movie that I know of it because Alfonso Caron talked about it a lot when he talked about Children of Men. And it's this uh, Mexican film called Konoa, a shameful memory from 1976. Ooh. I know it's, I think it's on Criterion Collection now. I, when, I, when I got it, I had to like order it, you know, mm-hmm. I just had to find like a import mm-hmm. a DVD. It's just, it's, it's, gro- it's a pretty rough <laughs> movie to watch. It's about like college kids going to the small town and then they get accused as communists and then it gets violent. It's just good filmmaking is all. Cool. Awesome. And, but it's, it, but it's, you know, it's Mexican filmmaking. And I think, as you just pointed out, like, I don't think in addition to their like mythology, I think it took like those three major heads, Guillermo, uh, Alejandro, Alfonso, like, Alfonso yeah. to sort of Alfonso to finally put more light yeah. on it. And it, but it's like, it's been there for a yep. longer. Yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome. Great. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, back to you, Kate saying, thank you, Hector. Oh yeah. Thanks Hector. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Uh, seriously, yeah. if you guys are really down, you can come over to my house and hang out and watch Shrek in 3D. You can bring your significant others more oh than happy. And we can have a fun time whenever you guys uh, are free in your schedule. Just let me know. Oh, my God. I would love that. That sounds great. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll get together. I think we should do I'm going to off. I think we should do a Shrek marathon. I'm just going <laughs> to. I have it. all four of them in 3D, so I'm down. Yep. Sorry, Kate. You're in it. You're in. Not the third one. No, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll also, I've never seen I'll it. Also We're walk watching out of the room during the third one. I really will. And it's. We'll play that at like one and a half times speed or something. <laughs> like we'll just so get it bad. over with. It's so yeah. bad. I can't wait for this marathon. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Hector. Your insights. Every time you come on here, you add something that's just wonderful yeah. and delightful. Thank you. And you did it here to, uh, with Hellboy in oh, Mexico. Yeah. We did Thank it. You. We did it. Thank you for your time. Listeners, I want to thank you for uh, joining us. Um, We really appreciate that. Just to remind you that we'll be back next week for another episode, and we're going to be covering Abe Sabian, The Abysmal Plane. That's what we're covering next week. So return. We'd love to have you again. Thank you for listening, and remember... We love you. We love you.
I think it has to be the toy. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, it has to just, you have to just simplify yeah. it. Because, I mean, Toy Story is about to answer that question, too, because... They're about yes. to make a Lightyear movie, which is now making it so that <laughs> Buzz Lightyear was based on a, an actual yeah. character in that world. So the toy didn't seem to take on. It was. I have a. Th- I have a theory on about that, and I feel like so far with their promotion, whoever was talking about the movie from Pixar, like maybe they didn't explain it all the way, or maybe they purposefully don't want to reveal it. But I have a theory that. Here's my theory, right? The Toy Story movies all happened, and the first three Toy Story movies, or the first two, rather, took place during the childhood of Andy. And Andy, the only thing we know about that kid is that before he went off to college, he had some kind of a laptop, and then he, like, closed it in his, like, you know, childhood room, and then he went off to college and gave his toys away to Bonnie, the little girl who was playing with Woody and Buzz and stuff. Because he has a laptop, my theory is he's going to study to be a writer, He's going to try to get a degree in that. He's going to eventually find his way to Hollywood. And because he grew up loving Woody and Buzz and those characters that he created stories for, like he, you know, he already was imagining those characters as more than what they were. He's going to pitch on the Buzz Lightyear from the old 90s toy line movie that they're trying to make. And so Andy's the writer of the movie. Andy wrote it. That's fantastic. Andy, yeah, Andy wrote it, again, imprinting everything into that movie that he felt when he was a kid. And and after this first movie, which is going to be successful, the Lightyear movie, then the sky's the limit for Andy and he's going to pitch a reboot of Woody's Roundup. And he's going to bring that back to TV screens as a new kid show. And then millions of new Woody dolls will be made and all of those toys will help kids around the world the way that Woody helped him. Is Pixar paying you right now? <laughs> they should be. Yeah, Are they listening? I I think it would be these good ideas. I think I think it would be a great like mid credits or after the credits scene after Lightyear. Everybody watches it where it like pans out and it's like Andy in like a boardroom or Andy in a screening room. Like it's great, and the producers are like, "We love it, Andy. This is fantastic, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, can we get a sequel?" Andrew, yeah. And he's like, "Actually, I have another idea." And then it's Woody's Roundup. You know, I think that'd be great. <laughs> I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire.